What's going on, y'all? Welcome to another edition of Marshall Time. You know what it is. What's going on, bro? What's up, bro? How you doing? Man, we're getting into the thick of uh, things in the NBA. Got a few weeks in the, in, in the books already. And so this show is about what's caught our eyes so far as far as the disappointments, the surprises, what we've been impressed with player and team wise. Right. And so I think at this point in the season, it's still a little early for me. It's like I want to wait until like the December, January period before I really have like hard takes on these teams because the records sometimes can be so close to each other. Like a lot of teams are in the three, four, five win range at this point. Right. So there's still a lot to be determined, but there are little things from teams and players that you can point out like, okay, he's been working on his game. This team is much more cohesive. There's a better coach situation. There's a couple of things that we can already point out. One of our, you know, the Sixers being one of them, right. You can just see differences from the previous year. And there's another team that I'll definitely bring up for sure. So for you, let's start with what's been most, impressive whether it's a team or a player this season so far you already know i'm going with the home team man yeah cat you know <laughs> on the cat i'm going with the sixers man i mean what what is what else is there to say like we're the number one seed we beat boston who we know notoriously has beaten us you know majority of times we played them over the past few years um we just look great man like i love how Kelly Oubre came in and just turned things up for us. He's playing. He's actually competing on defense. I know people knocked him for that in the past because he has the tools to play his defense. You know, he's like 6'8", long arms. He's athletic. Um, he's doing a good job of scoring the ball. We already knew Maxi was going to break out, but I'm impressed with how good of a playmaker he's become. You know, he's he's getting close to double-doubles or he's getting double-doubles. Um, Embiid is Embiid. He's doing his thing. Um, and Tobias, man, like I've been telling people for the past few years, like he may be overpaid. But he's a, still a good player. He just – he was on – you know, they made him the fourth option with Harden. You put him in the corner and told him to spot him and shoot threes like he's J.J. Redick or somebody, Kyle Corver. That's not his game. He's a scorer. He's a natural scorer. Like, we see him do it in Orlando. We see him do it on the Clippers. And they just diminished his role and could try to make him a 3 and D guy. But he's really a scorer. And he's showing that, you know, he's still capable of scoring. And he's scoring efficiently. So, I'm just impressed with how things are going. Um, Big props to Nick Nurse, like. You know what I mean? I know a lot of people had, you know, they they gave a lot of, you know, flack to Doc, and some of it was deserved, some of it wasn't. But regardless of the outcome right now, like Nick Nurse has changed things, you know, for the better for this team. And, you know, I feel like we have a good roster. We still need to make an improvement at the two spot, and we'll talk about that, you know, at another time. But for now, man, we're just going to cherish, and, you know, that we're off to a great start this season. You know, I ended this year with no expectations for the Sixers. You know, at this point, if you've been a Sixers fan, if you've been following this team, it's ended in disappointment. We don't got to talk about last year in the playoffs, right? We don't have to talk about the Ben Simmons, Jimmy Butler, JJ, that that era that was disappointing. I mean, that team, to me, that you think about it, Joel Embiid, Jimmy Butler, JJ Redick, Ben Simmons, Tobias Harris. I mean, that's a, that's a championship quality roster on paper, right? And so just to have this disappointment, it sort of led to, for a lot of us fans, a disinterest in, as far as we're not going to be as invested this year. You got to, you got to, you got to show me. And I'm still sort of there. Like I'm, I'm excited about what they're doing. I love it. They're actually, you know, for the first time in a couple years, like this team is actually fun to watch now. Like I'm, I'm, I'm excited about the Celtics win. I'm excited about the potential of making a deadline deal. There's a couple of names that excite the fans right now when it comes to the deals that we could make. And I'm excited that, we have the opportunity to make an Eastern Conference Finals run. 
Now, after that, it's fair game, right? Just give us a chance. I just want the opportunity to compete for a spot in the finals. And we haven't had that, right? It's been a long time. And so to say, to see a Sixers team that finally, every year we've said, look, we're too one-dimensional with these guys. We're not athletic. We don't have any wings. We got wings now. You know, we got Kelly Oubre, a guy who we've, a type of player that we've needed forever. And so to see this team with Joel Embiid, Tyrese Maxey stepping his game up, he's having 25 points a game, up from 20 last year. He's improving every year. Uh, Kelly Oubre, Tobias is, I mean, he's on, Nick Nurse has unlocked who Tobias really is, as you explained, right? And so to have the energy um, that this team is playing with now, I mean, this is this is the basketball that we want to see, and we haven't had that for a little for some time now. It's just been distraction after distraction from Ben Simmons to James Harden. Now both those guys are gone. The vibes are amazing, and you can see it on the court. You know, like Patrick Beverly having a guy like that on the team. You know, you can say what you want to say, but that type of energy, you need that. You know, Nicholas Batum getting him in the Clippers trade. I mean, he's a solid player, and so. I love how this team is going. I love the direction that they're going. And shout out to Nick Nurse. I mean, I've been a fan of his since the Raptors days, right, leading them to a championship. And so with a Nick Nurse team, you know, watching those Raptors squads, they have an identity. They're going to get after their own defense. And they're going to play energy, play with energy on both ends of the floor. And that's what we see from the Sixers. So it's just amazing to see, wow, like this is, this is some fun basketball. And so the Sixers are definitely a team that's been most impressive. Another team, and this is, I think, in our preview, I mentioned – this coach that's like a sleeper, I believe, for coach of the year, and that was Rick Carlisle. Indiana's the real deal. I just got to say it. Like, what they did against Milwaukee, I know Milwaukee didn't have Dame, but Giannis put put up almost 60. Milwaukee still Milwaukee. They're a championship contender. Even without Dame, Indiana's a young team still trying to figure out their way, still trying to prove that they can be a contender year in and year out. And what they did late in that game, it's impressive to be so young. I mean, look at this roster. I mean, all these guys are in their 20s, you know what I'm saying? And so I got to give a shout out to the Pacers. And when I watch them, because they're on my top five league pass team now, like they're they're a top five league pass watch for me. And so when I watch them, an exciting brand of basketball, you you watch these guys playing with each other. They love it. You can tell that there's a, a certain level. There's a certain energy. I think that matters in basketball, the energy level. You know, do you love playing with each other? Is there a joy to the game? And that's what I see when I watch the Pacers because the ball is moving. Kudos to Therese Halliburton. I think he starts all that, getting guys involved. Not, it's not just his scoring, right? Like the passing. It's the same way with the Nuggets and, and, and Joker, right? Like his ability to create for others, it just ignites an excitement for the whole roster. And so they have seven players averaging double figures. Like I looked at the Nuggets, the Celtics, the Sixers. You know, they have a few, you know, four or five guys putting up double figures, right? To have seven guys in double figures, that to me, that this tells you on any given night, you just never know. And there's a there's a confidence that these guys have. Whenever they get the rock and Aaron Neesmith, he's shooting it, no hesitation. He's averaging double figures. You know, you got a Bruce Brown, Benedict Matherin, Obi Toppin, Miles Turner putting up 17 a game. Andrew Nimhard, a really solid backup point guard. Like he, yeah, he's going to be in the league for a long time. They have the big guys who are going to hustle. Jalen Smith, Isaiah Jackson. Who knows? I mean, the rookie Jairus Walker is developing. Who knows what type of player he may be towards the end of the year? You never know. And so they're putting up 126 points a game first and scoring. And so just how they've been playing to me outside of Boston and Philly and Milwaukee, 
the East is pretty much open, right, for these for some of these teams to take that fourth spot, the fifth spot. And I think Indiana's taking that opportunity. And so Indiana's the team for me outside of the Sixers that look when they're on when I see them on the lead pass docket, I'm clicking because they are fun to watch and they're winning basketball games. And that's what it's about for a young team trying to figure out how to win games. And they're doing it. And I don't think this is fake. I think this is I think this is legit. Yeah, I agree with you 100 percent. Indiana, like they're that young team that like every night they're giving it your they're going to give you their all. You know what I mean? And you can't take them lightly. We've seen it with Milwaukee. Any team you can't take them lightly. And when you got a play playmaker like Halliburton that can just get everybody involved, they got shooters around them, they got athletic guys around them. Um, they're a dangerous team for sure. So people just gotta watch out for them. I love Benedict Matherin's game. I love Buddy Hill. You know, he's a shooter. Miles Turner's always been a solid big. They even got Obi Top, who's athletic, and he's getting more, you know, opportunity to shine than he did in New York. So I feel like they got a good roster together. Also, a player I want I want to shout out. I mean, we, we talked about the Sixers, Maxi, Kelly Oubre, but another player on another team in the East, um, Jalen Johnson for the Hawks. You talk about most improved. To me, this is what the most improved conversation is about, a guy like him. This is his third year, so year one. He's a third-year small forward for the Hawks. Put up two points a game. Last year, five points a game. Now he's putting up 14. To me, that's like, okay, I, I see – just watching Hawks games, you know, I'll, I'll check in and see what they're, you know, what Trey and DeJounte are up to. And he's just out there. He, he's under his presence is undeniable. He, he adds like the athletic presence out there. He's he's a threat. And he's a guy like, man, is there a way we can get him in the Sixers? Probably not. But that's a guy that like I'm, I'm trying to add to the squad now. Like he's he's really that solid of a player. And so Jalen Johnson for me early on. He's in that most improved conversation, especially if Atlanta keeps winning. And if they're in that top four, top five range in the Eastern Conference, um, I think Jalen Johnson has to be in that conversation as far as going from two points, five points, and now, oh, six points a game away from 20. Like, to me, that's growth. That's improvement. Yeah, another player that um, has caught my eye, and I know it's caught a lot of people's eye, is Cam Thomas. Like, we already knew that he was a scorer. We knew that he was a bucket you know, previous seasons, but now they're actually giving him that role. Like, you're getting consistent minutes every game. You're in the lineup. You're in the mix. And he's flourishing, man. Like, and when it comes – in terms of poor, pure scoring, I think he's one of the best in the league. Like, just from a skill standpoint, like, shooting the three ball, shooting the midi, making tough shots, making – moving without the ball. You know what I mean? And it's just fun to watch. Like, if you just enjoy watching basketball, you're not looking at stats or anything, he's one of the funnest players to watch because – I feel like anytime he shoots, the ball might go in. Like, that's how I really feel about when I'm watching him play. So um, he's making a great leap, like, as far as just being consistent. And I'm happy that he's getting the opportunity in Brooklyn because, I mean, in the past, like, he would go off for these 30-point games, and the next game you look, he didn't even play or he played a little bit. You know what I mean? It's like, what are they doing? Like, yeah, if a guy's getting buckets, you got to play him. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So it's just happy to see that he's actually getting consistent minutes. Shout out to Jock Vaughn and the, the Nets, man. I think I think Jock is doing a real good job over there. I think he's a – I hope he gets the opportunity to see this thing through. Obviously, they don't have a contending roster, but every night, you know, I mean, they, they're going to compete, right? And they have some guys – can't mention Cam Thomas. They got, you know, Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson. And so, you know, the Nets aren't going to be a pushover, right? It's not a lot of pushovers in this league on a nightly basis at this point, right? Like, they're you, – you're going to have to, like, lock in because you never know. And so I think Jock Vaughn – Deserves a lot of credit for what they're doing in Brooklyn right now. But Cam, he man, he it's weird with him, right? He's a pure scorer, and it's just he's so he's just he's powerful too. Like just his body type, 
he can get so low to the ground. And when he attacks, it's just hard to stop. It's like a running back almost on the court. And just the angles that he can just twist his body. He has the floater package. That's the thing when it comes about being a scorer. What type of like some guys are just they specialize in certain things, right? One element of the game, right? But Cam has a jumper. He has a floater. Like there's this he has the mid-range game, right? And that's what's been so impressive about what Cam is doing. His range is unlimited. And so when it comes to scoring, that that's what we're talking about. That That's the conversation. How can a defense – what can a defense take away from you? And certain guys, like a Cam Thomas, what are you going to do? <laughs> he can shoot from the logo. If you play up on him, he can definitely drive and attack you with his speed, his quickness, his mobility, and his strength. And so, man, he, he's dangerous. I see him as – honestly – on a championship contending team, I see him as the perfect six man. Like, I think he could be a, like, man, what Jamal Crawford was, Lou Williams, Cam Thomas can be that for this era, just for his ability to just go off any on anybody. You know what I mean? So I love that he's getting his opportunity because a lot of guys like a Cam Thomas, like you mentioned before, he wasn't getting that consistent time. A lot of guys like that just get lost, you know? But he's getting an opportunity. Not a lot of guys get that opportunity to actually develop and showcase what they have. And so this is crucial in his development. And so I'm excited to see where his, the career takes him. I got to mention this one guy, too, because I, I had him on the top of my notes. And he's not it's not surprising what he's doing. What he's doing at this point in his career, I think, just has to. We got to give him his flowers. That's Steph Curry at 35 years old. And it's not just, it's not that he's just 35, but he's 6'2". And... Watching the game for all these years, I can't recall a guard under 6'5 who is still scoring at an elite level like Steph is. You look at the small guards of, of the past, usually by 33, 34, that's when we start to see a tell-off. I don't see it with him. He's still putting up 30 a game, doing what he wants out there. Like, you know, the finals run when they beat the Celtics, I'm like, oh, is this, this is the best I've seen Steph. Like, he's taking it to another level. Then last year, it's like, okay. And then this year is still like, there's no, I can't see, I can't see a fall off. I don't, I don't see a fall off for them at all. Like there's no air. He looks stronger. You know, the jumper is going to be there. You know that. But just to see the way that he's mastered his game and the way that he's competing at 6'2", at the age of 35, isn't old in everyday life, but in basketball terms in the NBA, like 35 is okay. You're hitting that. You're slowing down a little bit in the B6-2 at that, you know? So to me, I know we talk about LeBron and what he's doing, which is amazing, right? But Steph has to be in that conversation too as far as longevity at 35 and being 6'2". Not the biggest guy. You know, he's probably one, he's going to be the smallest guy on the court most nights. And so what he's doing, man, I hope people appreciate what he's doing. Like, because this it doesn't happen. It does not. <laughs> like you think about he he had to overcome a lot of injuries early on mm -hmm. in his career too so mm -hmm. um just like i think him getting stronger was the main thing like you said it him getting stronger allowed him to be better on defense is allowed his body to take more impact you know night in and night out and the thing about steph he doesn't take a lot of games off either mm -hmm. so that's definitely a big deal i'm happy that you pointed that out that's not something a lot of people really think about when it comes to stuff Shout out to Julian Strother, too, in Denver. I'm excited to see what he does throughout the year as he develops. Um, he might be a guy, come, like we saw with Christian Braun last year as the season goes on. He had a big game this past week against the Pelicans, so I'm excited to see what he does. Also, I got to point out another team in the West, the Rockets. I mean, look, 
they won. They've won five straight games. So you can call what you want to call it. While these other teams are struggling, like the Clippers and the Suns and the Pelicans, the Rockets are taking care of what they got to do, right? Yeah, the Lakers didn't have AD the other night, but you still have LeBron. You still got some other guys. Houston's still trying to figure out how to win. This is a game last year, Houston won a loss problem, right? And so coaching matters. Ime Udoka, we know what happened in Boston, but you can't deny when it comes to his coaching abilities, what he did with Boston defensively, he's got them locked in the top five and veterans matter, right? Fred Van Vliet, Dylan Brooks, Jeff Green. These are guys that have competed, have won, have, have experienced these playoff battles. And so you have these veterans that you've picked up. You have a coach at Ime Udoka. You have these talented young guys. And I love what Houston's doing right now. So I just want to give a shout out to Ime Udoka uh, and the Rockets. Yeah, another team in the West that's uh, impressed me. And I got to give them some credit because I remember me and you, before the season started, we were kind of like, uh, we don't know about them. It's the mm-hmm. Mavericks. They're yeah. 7-2. And, I mean, I don't know how sustainable it's going to be in the playoffs, but to start this season, they're one of the best teams. Mm-hmm. It's crazy to me because Kyrie isn't even playing like the Kyrie that we've known. You know what I mean? Like, he's averaging 21, but mm-hmm. the Kyrie, you know, putting up more numbers than that. And he's not even shooting the three ball that well, but they're still yeah. winning games. Yeah. So, I know Luke is going crazy. Uh, he's definitely in the MVP race. But we got to talk about how Grant Williams has, you know, done good for that team. Mm-hmm. Them drafting Derek Lively. And that, you know, I got to give credit to him because as a rookie coming in and being expected to be like that anchor on defense, mm-hmm. that doesn't happen. It's not easy. But he's mm-hmm. done it. You know, he's had games where he's gotten into foul trouble, but he's also had games where he's dominated on the defensive end. So right. um, I, I just got to give credit to the Mavericks, man. They look good so far. Um, I'm hoping they can keep it up because I love watching Luka and Kyrie play. So um, we'll see. Yeah, Luka's going crazy. Um, that was a team that I wasn't sure about. And, look, they're they're winning right now. While other teams are still trying to find their way. They're seven wins. That's undeniable. Um, 23rd in defense. So I want to figure out how, you know, come playoff time, how that works. You know, can they get that together? But right now, I mean, they're in a position where they're going to have home court advantage, you know, if they remain – at this pace, second spot in the Western Conference, right, I believe. And so they have a chance to have that home court advantage, um, at least for the first couple rounds of the playoffs. And so, like, they're – look, I have nothing to say. They, they're winning, right? And so, but you – just like you said, you want to see how this sustains, right? It's still early in the season. We'll see if the Pelicans, if they get healthy, can they figure it out? There's a lot of teams in the Western Conference that I think still are trying to figure it out. The Suns, right? Bradley Bill just came back. Devin Booker is hurt. And so when you get those guys back, can they consistently play together? The Pelicans have some injuries. I know that they're dealing with some guys missing games. And so the West is interesting for me. I think it's Denver. I think I think Denver has solidified himself as I'm confident they're going to make the Western Conference Finals. Like I can say that. After that, though, you can you can give me a few teams. I'm like, you can make a you can make an argument for them. Right. And so the West is going to be fun as the season goes on for sure. What what about some disappointments for you? Man, I'm gonna be real. The Lakers. Lakers <laughs> are a huge disappointment. And it's not like I'm not a Lakers fan or anything, but I expected them to at least be, you know, a team that we're talking about contending in the end and in the mix. And I know it's early on, but they just look ugly right now, man. Like, they got one last night, yeah. But some of these other games, just like, why are you losing to the Rockets? Like, I know you don't have AD, but why? 
Mm-hmm. I mean, why are we losing to these teams? And then why are you getting blown out by the Magic? Like, the Magic, they're a good up-and-coming team, but you shouldn't be having it if you got LeBron and AD. And I just – and it's sad because LeBron is playing great basketball. Like, you look at their plus-minus, but him and him on and off the court is crazy. He's playing great basketball. Um, AD, he's still AD. You know, he's going to give you the real him some nights. He's going to give you the soft him some nights. But, you know, it's a lot of, like, inconsistency on the team. And it's still early, so I don't know if they have to make any dramatic moves yet. But if they keep playing like this, man, I don't know. I don't know. I don't. It's not going to look good. To me, they're a playing team right now, and it's people look at the roster and see LeBron and AD and say, "Oh, that's a bona fide top sixteen, right?" But then you look at the you look you look at the roster. You go deeper into it. Anthony Davis, as you mentioned, you don't know which one. First of all, you don't know if he's going to be there to play on any given night. Right. That's a, that's one thing. Number two, when he does play. Is he going to give me 30 or is he going to give me 18? That's a big difference. I just don't know which AD is going to show up. Right. Angelo Russell. As a point guard. Sometimes he makes decisions. I'm like, I don't know what he's thinking out there. Right. Like. There was like there was one guy, I forgot what game it was, but I think they had like a three one break. He like dribbles it out. He, I don't know if he took a shot or he he did something that just was boggled my mind. Like you have a three on one advantage. Like what that should have ended up in a layup for you guys. Things like that. Austin Reeves, he's a solid player. Got the contract, but he's not the third star that they're talking about, right? He's not that third guy that's going to lead them into the next level. And that's why I think at the trade deadline, as you know how this works with LeBron and the Lakers, there's a move to be made to get a name in there. They're going to try to do it. So that wouldn't shock me at all if they made that move. And so you look at this roster, we talk about inconsistencies. It makes sense. Outside of LeBron, I mean, LeBron's 38, pushing 40. He shouldn't be carrying the load at this point, right? And so that's where I place the blame. And it's concerning because you're putting yourself in such a hole come February and March. You know how it works. Teams are going to be scrambling, trying to get that, trying to get a playoff spot or a play-in spot. So at that point, the Lakers are in that play-in spot, maybe a game or two away from the top six. Instead of having LeBron rest, LeBron's going to have to play these minutes to try to get these guys in. <laughs> like, And so these early games matter. Like they matter. That's why it matters that the Grizzlies are struggling right now. You can't just expect when Ja comes back, everything is going to click because, okay, Ja is special, but come March, are you going to be scrambling to get just to get in the play-in? So these early games matter. I look at the Lakers, it's just inconsistencies. I don't know what their identity is. The identity is LeBron carries. That's the identity. And that's just not going to work in 2023. Not anymore. Like, it's just as great as LeBron still is, some other guys got to step up. They just do. And so you look at this roster. It is a collection of unproven talent, if we're being honest, right? Like, I'll take take LeBron out the equation, which who's proven as far as winning, like, on the surface, right? Like, AD's a great talent, but at this point, what, he, what he's shown us, can he be relied upon on a nightly basis? I don't know. Right. And so they have nice young pieces, guys that are, you know, 
you know, Jared Vanderbilt, I know he's been out. Austin Reeves has shown promise. Cam Reddish still trying to figure it out. Rui Huchamara, Christian Wood. I mean, they're this just not a good team right now. It's, it's it's an average team to me. You know, it's not it's not special. And when you're special, when when the one thing that's special is a is a is a 38 year old player having to play extra minutes when he shouldn't be, I can't trust it. So that's that's just my thing on the Lakers and the, the other LA team, the Clippers. Man, that's a mess. That's a mess. You know, we can talk about James Harden and his impact on the team. But at the end of the day, you got Kate, you got Kawhi, PG, Russell Westbrook, James Harden. You should be playing better. You should be. The thing is, the trade hurt him. That's my yeah. reaction because before the trade, they were like, I seen it yesterday, they were top five in like offensive efficiency, they were top five offensive efficiency. And you even watch the games, like when they played the Nets, it was a possession where it was like probably 230 left and they needed to stop. They got the stop, but they couldn't harden them in box out and rest them in box out. They let the Nets get three opportunities and they score, and that pretty much that was the dagger. So mm-hmm. it's things like that, like you know, people because of basketball, people you know the NBA look at the names Harden, Kawhi, mm-hmm. but you got to have guys that are going to actually do the right things on the court. Like Harden, we know him, man. We know mm-hmm. he doesn't want to play off ball. I don't know what happened to that. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not a great defender. He but he's not giving effort on defense. He's not boxing out. You know what I mean? People look at the box score and say, oh, he had this amount of points on this amount of shots, that's cool, but he's giving up points on the other and he's not boxing out. He's not taking the right shot. Like, it's been times I've seen people give him the ball wide open. He's pump faking to do a step back. It's like, mm. bro, go play pickup at the park or something. Like, you're not trying to play real winning basketball. And yeah. I hate to see it because the Clippers, like, we talked about it before the year started. They were a team that they were buying into playing every game, not taking days off. Mm. But now them getting hard in. I don't know. I don't know whose idea that was because it's not a good mix. Like, it's not a good fit either. You know, you got him and Russ back there who both need the yeah. ball to really be effective. And then it's like, did the veterans, you know, did they kind of want this trade to happen or is that management? Like, I don't know. And Tyloo's going to have to figure something out, man, because Harden and can start. They can't start it, together. It, I mean, in. in it messes up the flow of things on offense when you bring in a James Harden, right? Because you know he needs he needs the basketball. And so you got to figure out PG and Kawhi are used to getting so many, you know, some odd shots and looks, right? Now you bring a James Harden and we know what he does, dribble, dribble, you know, he he you know how he's gotten off, right? And so that can mess up the rhythm and flow of an offense, right? That's one thing, and that, like you said, James Harden, he's staring at the, he's staring at these rebounds. He's not, he's not hustling. He's not going after it. And these are winning plays that you need if you have championship aspirations. And that's what makes that's the difference between a, a, a Denver Nuggets team, a Houston Rocket, right? The, these teams that are actually locked in on defense and, and trying to hustle and playing hard. Indiana Pacers team. These are teams that have that we've talked about that have been impressive so far, right? With the Clippers, it's just talent. It's just talent. Same thing with the Lakers. It's just like you look at LeBron and AD, it's just talent. But when you watch those games, it's like, what are you doing? What is your identity? You just look out of sorts right now. You're not playing winning basketball. And the Western Conference isn't in a place to where you can't just trot out these names and think you're going to win because these, these teams like OKC still is figuring it out still, but they're 
a top six team right now. The Rockets, I don't think people had them in the playoffs, but they're in the playoffs right now, right? Like the Mavs are better than what most people thought. Like these these teams in the Western Conference aren't playing around. They will take advantage of you. You know what I'm saying? Like, and so the Clippers and Lakers are in trouble. We could have an all LA matchup in the play-in, which will be hilarious. <laughs> I think that would be entertaining to see. But the way it's looking right now, I'm not confident that both LA teams will be in the top six of the playoffs. I don't think it'll happen. I really don't. I just don't. I don't see it. Yeah, it's yeah. I, it don't look good for either one of them. Lakers, they they have time to get together. Clippers, they have time to get together. But moves have to be made. Line of mm-hmm. changes have to be done. So it's going to be interesting to see how these coaches handle that. And even with that, moves have to be made. Then you got to figure out the chemistry once again. Like, what type of moves are we making? Is it is it is it messing up the order of things? Is there a, a filling out process of things? You know, is there what the Lakers did last year at the deadline was was great. We saw how it worked out for them. Is there another deal like that? I'm not so sure. Right. Uh, we'll see. But man, they gotta get. They just have to get a. They have to give a consistent effort from AD on a nightly basis. To me, that's that's where it starts. AD has to be available, and when he's available, he has to perform. Yeah, he just has to. And they have to have the other guys to step up. Maybe a little. Maybe Austin Reeves and Rui Uchimara, Cam Reddish, and D'Lo. They have to. Maybe not. They don't have to be elite. But whatever they're doing now, maybe take it up a notch just to balance things out because what LeBron and Lakers are doing right now, like, it's just not going to work. Like, he's, at the end of the day, LeBron's great, but father time is father time. <laughs> like, in the NBA, that's a, that's, a, that's a grind, the travel, the back-to-back games, right? Like, it's not easy. And so you don't want to be in a position where you're exhausting LeBron and come playing time or playoff time, he has nothing. Like, then what? You know what I mean? And so the Lakers and Clippers, man, they're 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 in the dangers on the West is not and the West isn't these teams aren't scared of these these names, right? You know what I'm saying? That's another thing. Like these teams are are you saw what Houston did. Like these teams are going at you, you know? And so the Phoenix Suns, I'm not worried about the Suns. I think they'll figure it out once Book and Bill get back consistently. I think they'll be good. The Pelicans, they have the talent. They just got to get those guys playing consistently as well. And so when it comes to the West, the Clippers and Lakers, to me, yeah, they're they're in a danger zone. And I, they're both in danger of missing the playoffs and just trying to figure it out in the play-in. So still a lot to be played. It's just November, right? Still got December and January where I think at, though, at that point, we can say, okay, this team's for real. This team, uh, not so much. And there's teams that can still get it together. But right now, that's that's how we see it right now. College basketball starting up too, so look forward to that. There, there's a couple couple names that I'm already excited about seeing um, so far from their debut. So we'll be talking about some college hoops on the men and women's side as well. But uh, yeah, this, this this is a good time of the year. I'm ready. Yeah, man, it's it's gonna be fun. College, you know, they're they're just getting started too. So yeah. it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see what goes on with that. Villanova, shout out Villanova. We're gonna do our thing. Like we all they got a squad this year. What's up? We'll see, man. I mean, you know, it's ever since Jay Wright left, it's been, you know, like new people coming in, new people coming out. But yeah, so we're going to be interesting. You know, we're always going to be competitive. So we'll yeah. see it's come March. Carol, you know, Carolina and Q's guy over here. So we'll we'll see what the Tar Heels and Orange do. Disappointing year uh, for both teams last year, but uh, we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll get it together. But there, 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 there are some names that 
I'm excited about just seeing individually when it comes to the college game, right? Isaiah Collier, just to start USC point guard, he's been fun to watch. And so um, I've definitely be, I think the Spurs should definitely be locked into USC games. They need a point guard badly, a starting caliber point guard badly. And so, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll be talking some college troops as the year, as the uh, season goes on for sure. But thanks for watching us. You know what, you know, the deal watches on YouTube, Apple podcasts. We on there. We'll be back next week. Yep. All right. Peace out.